This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says the small grains were the weight on the grain markets this week. The wheat market and the uh, oats market. Uh, oats, uh, December oats in three days coming into the day, took out almost 80 cents in three days. The same thing in the wheat. Uh, cleaned it up a little bit, got a dead cap bounce here going into the uh, uh, the, the weekend. But, you know, it was a week where the export sales were uh, terrific on soybeans, gave us a, a big bounce. Um, and uh, the corn market kind of followed the wheat to end the week here. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzalo says weather and technicals were the driver of the grain markets this week. Part of that is, I think, Chinese dryness. I think they're also maybe hooking up to the train of uh, northern hemisphere weather problems, the new drought monitor maps coming out and not seeing much improvement at all here in the United States, Randy. So I think that was uh, a major feature. I also have been hearing chatter in the trade that that new crop sale for the weekly export sales of soybeans of a little over 1.3 million tons, that did help quite a bit from a standpoint of the psychology of the demand. And while weather has been a dominant market factor, Martinson Agris Management President Randy Martinson thinks technicals were also at play. Started off a little bit, you know, gapped a little bit on the lower side. We were able to close some of that, but this is one that, you know, we've been sitting on now since that big rally that came that last week of July when the weather first started to change to hot and dry. Now we're starting to see things kind of uh, fade back and Technically, I think the market is going to try to come down and close those before we start to see a little bit more of an uh, upswing in the market. And the grain markets have seen some very wide swings. Northern Crops Marketing and Investments President Brad Paulson said there are a lot of moving parts that have been impacting this commodity market. The energy market stays strong. Uh, that's kind of a key support here. Uh, that, should, that should give some support to the grains long term. Weather in Australia is really good too, and it looks like Argentina is going to get some rain here too. And they're talking about lowering export taxes there. Here, I just heard so. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts every day in in this world economy, just like always. And you know, we're still probably in a profitable zone here. So I still think you sell rallies, you know, across the board in the grains here until we see a demand pick up. Agrisampo North America market analyst Sterling Smith says the cash cattle market has been the story in the livestock trade. We've seen a much better market in the north, 146 to oh, about 153 this week. Uh, up north here, we saw some trade uh, out in the western part of Nebraska at 152. Most of the action was 148 to 150, which is still a couple of dollars better. Uh, cash uh, in the south, Kansas, Texas, 142, 143, again, a dollar or two better. Not really seeing that reflected in the futures just yet. I think we may be seeing a bit of hedge pressure. Progressive ag marketing market analyst Brian Strummins uh, says the livestock market has been quiet ahead of this week's cattle on feed report. Kind of a slower day here as far as the live cattle, feeder cattle go. Uh, live cattle slightly higher. We had a cash trade up 2 to $4. Uh, the charts are in a solid uptrend. Uh, exports are running at a record pace. Uh, feeders uh, slightly lower, uh, you know, uh, four to five cent gains in the corn market. Uh, placements are expected to be slightly lower, but you know, the other side of that coin is how many calves have come to town uh, earlier here with those drought conditions. Friday's cattle on feed numbers coming in at 101% on feed placements at 102% and marketings at 96%. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Owning livestock can be a tricky business at times. 
the insurance team at Egg Country Farm Credit Services understands, which is why we work with ranchers every day to help mitigate risk. So whether you're looking for protection against price declines or loss of gross margin, Egg Country can help you. Livestock revenue protection is available for cattle, dairy, and swine. Learn more about your options by contacting your local Egg Country office. The Red River Farm Network Crop Tour, presented by Pioneer, delivering a first-person account of crop conditions and tease up the 2022 harvest season. This is Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Don Wick. Join us on air and online for our crop tour reports, with a focus being on North Dakota and Northwest Minnesota. This special coverage begins Monday, August 29th. The Red River Farm Network Crop Tour, presented by Pioneer. The Red River Farm Network, we're reporting agriculture's business. Here's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. As expected, the House passed the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. As expected, the House passed the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. It was another party-line vote with all 220 Democrats voting in favor of the legislation. All Republicans oppose the package. The $430 billion spending bill includes money for renewable energy, climate smart agriculture, and farmer loan assistance. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack thanked House leadership for passing the bill quickly. President Joe Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 into law then on Tuesday afternoon. Today offers further proof that the soul of America is vibrant, the future of America is bright, and the promise of America is real and just beginning. In U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack says the Inflation Reduction Act will help invest in rural communities. The IRA is going to provide USDA with nearly $40 billion that will be invested over the next 10 years to improve life and livelihoods in rural communities. Now, when you combine this with all of these other acts that I just mentioned, it really is a once-in-a-generation, once-in-a-lifetime level of investment. We haven't seen this level of investment, for example, in conservation since the Dust Bowl. Broken down, the $20 million will be invested in agriculture programs like EQIP, conservation stewardship programs, among others. Dakota Fest took place this week. The Governor's Egg Innovation Forum featured a panelist that delved into markets and challenges of different segments of the egg industry. South Dakota Governor Christy Noem says she's making challenges like rising energy prices a priority. One of the biggest issues they're continuing to talk about is energy costs. You know, just keeping their trucks and tractors filled and with gas prices and fuel prices the way that they've been. A lot of ranchers are struggling with supply chain issues and then they're still concerned about packers. You know, a lot of their profit disappears before it ever sees them and then they go to the grocery store and see expensive meat and they wonder where all those dollars are going. So um, it's a challenge. What I love about them is they're optimistic and continuing to, to grow and raise our beef, but it's, it's something that we're going to have to get some relief on because it's not only energy, it's the supply chain issues and everything else that's their input costs, and then they're not able to get a market price at the sale barn that actually covers their profit and loss statement. Noam says governmental oversight and new regulations present more hurdles for farmers to cross. Summit Carbon Solutions' proposed pipeline would carry carbon dioxide from ethanol plants across the Midwest to underground storage in North Dakota. A status update on the pipeline took place at Dakota Fest. Summit Carbon Solutions' Chief Commercial Officer Jim Paroli says easement numbers are picking up. 
We've seen a really good buildup and acceleration in, in Eastman signings the last couple of months. I think part of that is seasonal as we, uh, you know, we got out of planning and into the summer months where uh, folks had taken their time to learn about the project. But the other thing is folks realize that I think some people feel like there's a stigma out there that their neighbors don't want to sign and if they sign that their neighbors aren't going to like it. And then they find out that their neighbor signed an easement. And then they come to us and say, hey, I know my neighbor signed. I hear these are, the, these are the things that are important to me. I've spoken with an attorney. I'm interested in engaging with you. And that creates some really good momentum for us. But some landowners are frustrated with the pipeline. Minnehaha County Commissioner Jeff Barth says eminent domain is one of the biggest concerns. I hear the concern of eminent domain for private gain. I have uh, concerns about uh, safety where this gas can uh, asphyxiate you miles away. And uh, I have concerns about the, uh, uh, the way that this project is being bulldozed across the state by this uh, internationally owned multi-billion dollar corporation. That's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The North Dakota mill has been producing northern grown spring wheat and durum flour since 1922. The mill now adds value to more than 30 million bushels per year. North Dakota mill employees take pride in the highest quality spring wheat and durum wheat products for the baking and pasta industries. Look for Dakota-made flour in 5, 10, and 25-pound packages, as well as pancake and bread machine mixes. Spring wheat and durum flour, superior quality, is what separates the North Dakota mill from the competition. Keep up to date on this year's harvest right here on the Red River Farm Network. Listen to Harvest Hotline Monday through Friday at 1237 on most of these Red River Farm Network stations. Sponsored by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, Amity Technology, and the North Dakota Mill. We'll talk with custom combiners, elevator managers, agronomists, and farmers about harvest progress, yields, and quality. Harvest Hotline, a daily feature on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather, this week in agriculture, I'm Claire Lyseth on the Red River Farm Network. Without factoring in recent rains, the U.S. Drought Monitor shows abnormally dry conditions popping up across North Dakota. On the map, a pocket of yellow runs down diagonally from Grand Forks County to Kidder County. There are also four other pockets of abnormally dry conditions in the state. Mackenzie County, Stark County, Emmons County, Sargent and Dickey Counties. Moderate drought conditions remain in Richland County, North Dakota. In South Dakota, abnormally dry conditions are now showing up in Roberts, Brown, and Marshall Counties. For Minnesota, moderate drought remains in Wilkin and Swift Counties. The western portions of Polk and Norman Counties in northwestern Minnesota are abnormally dry. North Dakota State climatologist Adnan Accuse says the dryness in western North Dakota will worsen without additional soaking rains. Western North Dakota has been very dry, drier than the eastern North Dakota, and the extension of that uh, dryness is not going to uh, go away too soon, and perhaps if it doesn't rain, Continue rain in that area, perhaps we can see an expansion of that uh, D-naught blotches, maybe connection of those three dots that you see on the map, and that might be the case in coming weeks. On the latest U.S. Drought Monitor map, more than 24% of North Dakota is experiencing abnormally dry conditions. Accused says the only significant crop stress being reported 
is in the moderate drought area in Richland County. To maintain the best quality of the small grains crop being harvested, NDSU Extension Ag Engineer Ken Hellevang reminds growers to watch moisture going into the grain bin. Typically we don't like to see more than about 17 percent moisture uh, for barley and wheat going into the bin and then we need to make sure we have an airflow rate of at least three quarters of a CFM per bushel. Some may try to push that a little bit but then we're, we're risking particularly with barley the potential of it having an impact on the germination and so you know 16-17% I think is kind of the upper limit that I recommend for natural air drying with adequate airflow. Farmers are also cleaning out grain bins preparing to store fresh grain. If you're cleaning bins, Hellevang says grain dust and moldy conditions are respiratory hazards. Nutrient Ag Solutions Principal Atmospheric Scientist Eric Snodgrass is keeping a close watch on frost risks. Historically, what La Ninas tend to do is they tend to make it colder uh, for the second half of fall, not the front half. So I can't tell you right now that there's some sort of early season risk for a frost in like September. That's just not... It's not showing up yet in the forecast. It's not showing up yet as a major risk factor. But we're going to worry about it until we don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Because you know how it works. Something changes in just a, you know, a short amount of time, and that drops cold air from Canada through. And all of a sudden, we have a clear, calm night, and the temperatures touch 32 before the crop's ready for it. Snodgrass will join the Red River Farm Network at our Issues and Events Center at the Big Iron Farm Show on Tuesday, September 13th at 10.30 a.m. Central Time. A full schedule with more details can be found at rrfn.com. Much of the Midwest will continue to see favorable growing conditions throughout the next two weeks. World Weather Incorporated says nearly all of the Midwest will see multiple rounds of rain over the next two weeks with cooler temperatures resulting in favorable crop conditions. Rainfall totals are expected to be near one inch with temperatures in the 70s and 80s. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Claire Lyseth on the Red River Farm Network. Cap off your summer with the Western Minnesota Steam Threshers reunion Labor Day weekend in Rowog, Minnesota. This year, featuring Rumley oil pull tractors and machinery, along with Kerosene Annie. You'll enjoy hundreds of exhibits and demonstrations, Thresherman's homestyle meals, and more. You can ride the rails with the 353 locomotive. Something for everyone. September 2nd through the 5th, Labor Day weekend. The Western Minnesota Steam Thrushers Reunion. You'll find more details at Rolock.com. From Roseau to Aberdeen and Benson to Rugby, we cover agriculture here on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA crop and supply demand reports, farm policy, and trade issues. We focus on the news that drives the markets. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it here on the Red River Farm Network. Go online to rrfn.com. You'll find news, podcasts, weather, and more.